Welcome to Talk South Asian to Me. My name is Michelle. And my name is Anusha. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central and hear us react to each other's stories about mental health and growing up in different South Asian households. And remember, this podcast is not therapy. Engage with what feels entertaining and resonates with you and leave what doesn't. <laughs> All right, let's get into J, which is officially our 10th podcast. Woohoo! Number 10. Yay. That's crazy. That feels like a little milestone for us to celebrate later. I know. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> so, today's topic for Jay is justifying self care and self compassion. Big topic. <laughs> I like the justifying part. Yeah. It adds a little oomph to the topic. Right. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about why. It's justifying self-care and self-compassion and not an Mm -hmm. S-topic for self-care and self-compassion in a minute. Mm -hmm. Not those buzzwords by itself. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Especially right now in like IG, Insta therapy. But I thought because it it is such an important topic for us right now, I thought we could talk a little bit about like defining them. Yep. That sounds good. Let's get started. And, you know, self-love, self-care, self-compassion, sometimes they kind of bleed together. So I think it's really important to understand what is the difference when we're talking about these things. So. Yes, I agree. Let's start with self-compassion. Self-compassion is the practice of showing yourself the same compassion that you would show someone you care about in any moment of difficulty. Ooh, okay. (laughs) And self-care is the practice of doing things to take care of your mind, body, and soul by engaging in activities that promote your well-being and reduce stress. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's so different, those mm-hmm. definitions. Yeah. And it's kind of like what you would assume, right? I mean, you show compassion to somebody, you show compassion to yourself in the same instances. Self-care it's about action-oriented things to take care of your holistic well-being, which is, you know, your mind, body, and soul. It makes mm. sense, but sometimes they that kind of bleed sense. together. <laughs> they do. I mean, before you gave me those definitions, I viewed them very similarly. But I yeah. like that you define both of them. You yeah. kind of distinguish both of them because I think that's important. Exactly. Like even I was having a hard time trying to like really nail down exactly what was different. Because they are very similar. They go hand they in are. hand together more often than not. Yeah. And I feel like people use it synonymously without realizing. Yeah. Exactly. So it's important to differentiate them. Mm-hmm. I like how you exactly. – the way you explain it. Like one is more like action-oriented and one is kind of more like how you treat like yeah. oneself versus like yeah. self-care can almost be part of self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which is why it's so easy to, you know, like interchange with them for the other because they kind of bleed together anyway. Yeah. Um, So to kind of explain why our topic is actually justifying self-care and Mm self-compassion, because, you know, typically speaking in a collectivist culture like South Asian culture, the focus is on serving other people, you know, Mm -hmm. and this is where we tend to like see people pleasing behaviors encouraged this is where you know you put other people's needs over your own put the family's needs over your own Mm -hmm. basically the opposite of self-compassion and self-care 
care for others, be compassionate to others before yourself. But if you think about it, you know how when you're on an airplane, they tell Mm -hmm. you the oxygen mask drops, put it on yourself first before you put it on somebody else. It's kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. Self-care, self-compassion are foundational prerequisites in order for us to have the capacity in a sustainable way to be compassionate and care for others. But sometimes in a a collectivist culture like South Asian culture, it's kind of seen as the opposite. The opposite Mm -hmm. is encouraged. And so that's Mm -hmm. why we got our title of justifying this now, because I think more and more as people, you know, experience the bicultural experience, as they go to therapy, they come to kind of this understanding that self-care, self-compassion, prioritizing oneself, having boundaries, all of these things are important in having sustainable, thriving relationships. Therefore, this piece of justifying it now, justifying I'm allowed to have self-care. I'm allowed to have self-compassion. Yeah. It's a lot of undoing when you're justifying. You're going Mm -hmm. against the collectivist culture and the norms. It's like the collectivist culture and that culture that many South Asians might have been raised in, which was the opposite, like you said, of self-compassion, which was give the oxygen mask to others before you put it on yourself, like that mentality, which is not okay. And Mm -hmm. but when we choose self-care and self-compassion, we find ourselves justifying it. So I think that you're right. Like it's important to focus on the justifying part as well because that's something Mm -hmm. that a lot of people I'm sure are trying to do, I'm trying to do, is justify it. Yeah. And, you know, I think the idea of like having to justify, that can be kind of a triggering thing for some people, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. like, why do I even have to justify it? I'm allowed to take this space. I'm allowed to do these things. And yeah, yes, technically you don't need to justify to anybody, right? You're allowed Mm -hmm. to take these spaces whether or not somebody wants you to, gives you space to. And that's exactly what our topic is on, (laughs) justifying that. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. Um, I did a little bit of research to kind of break down what self-care can look like. And so I looked at a couple different sources and I kind of consolidated some of that. And um, so these types of self-care that I'll talk about in a second here, they're primarily written by or identified by Ekta Agarwal, who's a therapist in LA, and Vanessa okay. Gonzalez, who is a psych graduate and an educator. Okay. And these are the different ones that I kind of just pulled from them. And these are the ones that I kind of got together as ones that really stood out to me. One is cognitive or intellectual. So this okay. kind of self-care is like you know, being able to read, being able to journal, being able to practice mindfulness, Um, play board games, you know, strategic, um, strategic muscle is kind of being like brain um, exercised, right? Exactly. Um, Even painting, even going to the museum, all of these things can be more of a cognitive intellectual kind of self-care. Um, And then there's financial self-care. So this is basically Mm -hmm. just being aware of your finances, spending less than, you know, than you make, being able to save, being able to track, just basically having financial health, essentially. Okay. Um, But also, I I think a, a 
thing that I see often in, in my line of work is that sometimes people have a difficult relationship with money and then it can go the other way. They're too cautious. Mm. They're too restrictive mm. because they're coming from a place of fear and not like reality. Like they have the money to spend yeah. comfortably, but they're afraid. Scarcity mindset. Mm. So even self-care from that form of being able to balance getting to splurge and spend in a healthy way and also save. Yeah. Yeah. Um, physical health kind of self-care. So this one's a little bit self-explanatory, right? Like drink enough water, sleep, um, get some regular exercise in, have proper hygiene, even grounding exercises, you know, because that takes place in your body, in your physical body. Mm -hmm. So like just kind of like regulating through your breathing or regulating through um, any grounding technique like 54321. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Mm. Let's see other a couple others that I'll list emotional self-care. Crying okay. can be a form of self-care. As mm -hmm. they point out, it is very true. <laughs> practicing yeah. gratitude, um, practicing some positive affirmations, and I will even add maybe mm. neutral affirmations can be a form of self-care. Yeah. If positive yeah. affirmations are too much of a reach, they don't feel authentic. Yeah. I love affirmations. Mm -hmm. so powerful. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you yeah. really like embody them. Exactly. Then there's spiritual self-care. So things like music, singing, self-reflection, connecting with nature, meditation, praying, yoga, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, and the last one I'll talk about is social self-care. So that's, you know, as you would expect, just connecting with um, our people, friends, family, just quality time with our connections. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even know that there were like types of self-care before you just shared with me. That's yeah. interesting. Like, yeah. I, I never quite put a finger on it and being like, oh, this is like, I never lumped them together like topics. Yeah. I've just kind of always seen self-care as anything that you do that's good for your overall well-being, mind, yeah. body, soul. But I never really put it into these categories either. Yeah. And it makes sense, right? That yeah. there's categories – and it almost makes you wonder like, okay, are you putting all your eggs in one basket? Like are you yeah. doing self-care one form and you're doing – you're telling yourself like, oh, I'm doing self-care. Why am I not feeling better? Why am I not like feeling more fulfilled than I want it? Like, you know, than I feel and it makes you question – like this helps. Like, okay, maybe it's not mm -hmm. the right type of self-care that I'm doing. Maybe I need to yeah. do another type. Exactly. That's a really good yeah. point, Michelle, because, you know, you might be doing self-care, but are you doing the self-care that you actually need in that moment? Mm -hmm. Because you can't be doing all of these self-care things at the same time. You yeah. just can't. Sometimes it's and not you know, feasible it's so, realistically. It's so crazy to me. Like like we said, these buzzwords, self-care, it's all over social media, like everywhere, right? We see this word. People are talking about it, whether that's bubble bath or whether it's this, like, right? Like all these different yeah. ways of self-care. Mm -hmm. But nobody's really talking about actual definition of self-care that you're sharing and the types, and which is mm -hmm. the real meat of what we need to know, the real need for awareness, right? Like, okay, yeah, your boss at work can tell you like, hey, do some self-care, but like – or an article that you read that's published by your organization yeah. that talks about self-care. But is it talking about types of self-care? Is it talking mm -hmm. about, you know, looking at that and making sure you are achieving the type of self-care that you need? Mm -hmm. so that's so interesting to me that yeah. there's a gap when it comes to social media and awareness and how people view self-care. Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, it's one thing to 
have a little bit of a window into something. But if you're not really in that background, it's just a window, right? There's typically more of a depth there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like you're window shopping for self-care. You're not really getting it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. I window shop this fabulous face mask, (laughs) this bath bomb, which is fun. And like that can be self-care, but it's just like a tiny amount of what self-care really Mm -hmm. entails. For sure. Yeah. That was enlightening. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, especially because I feel like I hear things like self-care is about treating yourself to that thing that you want the bath bomb or all the way on the other end it's sometimes it's just personal hygiene and like yes that's right. true but there's yeah. so much in between and that's it's not different, often talked like, about yeah it's different like levels like you said it's different views it's different approaches mm-hmm. exactly well that's all I have for the research side of it or you know okay. educational piece of it yeah um, no, that was very informational thank yeah. you yeah so To dive into more of a specifically South Asian or bicultural experience of what this looks like, having to justify your self-care and Mm -hmm. self-compassion, I'll share a little bit about like the things that I heard growing up, right? So growing up, I I think you can remember, I used to read a lot and I was not a very active person. I did not like to run I did mm-hmm. not like to exercise. I mean, it wasn't really a thing like exercise. Yeah. Um, so what I did most of my free time was I kind of just read. If I wasn't That's hanging okay. out with friends, if I wasn't studying, I read. Yeah. But what I heard often growing up when I was trying to do this self-care, self-compassion time for me, which was reading, was don't be lazy. Like, why are you sitting around? Mm. You know, be active, get mm. on your feet, help do this, help do that, which even if I helped, I wasn't doing it right. So that's a whole other thing. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I heard a lot of like, you know, don't read so much or you read too much or even when you're talking about things like other people and like, you know, we talked about like people pleasing stuff, like helping others or being like a good guest or a good host even for others in the South Asian community. You heard a lot of like, no, like, don't say no, like, just do it, or that's not nice, or that's not good, or that's not polite. If you're, like, refusing something, you weren't allowed to refuse things. You had to, like, accept them, unless it was gifts. Definitely had to refuse those. (laughs) Um, So the idea of, like, having boundaries, being able to say no, putting myself first, letting Mm -hmm. myself just laze around and, like, sit around and read if I wanted for hours those things were kind of seen as like you have to do it in secret those things aren't okay those things there's no space for it in the community and that was difficult because that was my like escape time from you know like studying (laughs) there's only so much you can study told to keep it a secret that's not okay well it's not that i was i wasn't actually talking about the reading part the reading part like parents knew and like they were okay yeah. with it. But like, for example, I'm kind of a only child in my group of frequently met parties of South Asian parties and all that. Yeah. So what I would do was I'd bring a book. What am yeah. I going to do? Talk to parents all night long. Yeah. So I brought yeah. a book. 
that's when it was more like stop reading and like oh. yeah and like interact okay. it's like how much interacting can you do with adults and then and like so like little tiny babies. social events yeah. yeah but it's like that's not okay like they're not willing to like let you do what you want and accept you yeah you know, in that moment Plus, these happened like every weekend there were no <laughs> kids my age what am i doing here <laughs> yeah no for sure um so that that's kind of what I meant. It wasn't like I wasn't allowed to read. It was more just like be more social and like it's like, yeah. okay, I've done my socializing. I've said hi to everybody. Yeah. Now I'm going to go read in a corner. <laughs> yeah. When you said the word lazy, it was so triggering to me because I feel like that's right? like a word that is used a lot. Like, oh, you're being oh my lazy. God, yes. You're not doing this. And I'm like, this is what you think. I'm like, I'm not being lazy. I'm just choosing to do this over this because that's what I want. Right. <laughs> You know? Yeah. No, but seriously though, that's like the number one word I would say is the mm. most triggering thing for South Asians across the platform. Yeah. The idea of you're being lazy, go do something. It, this this yeah. is like fundamental to this topic today of like justifying our self-care and self-compassion. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. because if we just do it, it's seen mm -hmm. as lazy. So it's almost mm -hmm. like we have to justify it now. Exactly. But I would reiterate, we don't necessarily need to justify. We can explain, mm -hmm. but we yes. don't need to. We don't need to, period. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's kind of how I grew up. And so basically, like, even though I kind of ignored it with the reading and I still did it, I always internalized that yeah. it was bad. And I, I did feel bad for doing yeah. it, even though I didn't stop, thankfully. But I, I did kind of um, internalize some of the interactive pieces of that, like don't say no, like put other people's mm. needs before your own. Because not only yeah. was it told to me, but I, I saw that. You know, I saw yeah. the women in my family do more than their share and mm -hmm. go out of their way to be really good, better hosts and like the best host and like – yeah. be really accommodating even if it was something they were giving up and like that never really sat well with me but it was something that I saw as aspirational and I did I did that for a really long time until I started realizing I had a lot of resentment because some people will just walk all over you if you do that yeah some exactly. people won't but some people will they'll test your limits with it they'll view it as a weakness or just something that they can exploit yeah because why I'm not sure. Yeah. So I learned how to reshift and like reframe the idea and learn that actually I do need to put the oxygen mask on before I put it on other people. Yeah. yeah. And so now what that looks like is um, definitely boundaries, which we didn't talk about as a form of self-care, self-compassion, but they absolutely are. They are. Having. Yeah, exactly. Because boundaries help protect your peace. You know, they. Yeah help you say no to things you just don't have the energy, the capacity for so that you're not feeling resentful yeah. so that those relationships can continue to be sustainable. I've said no to <laughs> for some occasions, especially um, the occasions where I have to go really out of my way. I've said, no, I can't make it. I would really love to be there, but I'm sorry. I just can't. Mm -hmm. I've said no to some you know, parties where a lot of drinking was involved and I just really wasn't – like I knew that I was not in that place to do that. I said no. When you're 
you know, in a South Asian party, for example, and like everyone's like piling on food onto your plate and you're like, (laughs) yeah, ah, that's too much. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just kind of being able to politely say that looks really good, but I think I'll come back for a second round. I'm okay. Thank you. You know, just kind of setting boundaries, even in that aspect, all really important ways to kind of promote your own self-care, self-compassion for yourself. So you don't feel shitty about it later on. Mm -hmm. Um, At least it was for me. And then um, the big one with the lazy is giving myself permission and learning that it is absolutely 100% okay to take breaks, to be a couch potato if you want, to rest, and that I don't need to earn my rest. I can just take it if I want or if I need it, just whenever. You deserve that. We all do. Exactly. And that, that took a little bit longer to learn, but it was easier once I did learn it because let's mm-hmm. be real, I'm, I'm already, I was always a couch potato and I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> yeah. Society and then other and ways i am telling you it's a bad thing. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> I said, but it's, it's not, not a bad thing. Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, other ways that I've, I guess, as an adult, adult now recently upgraded my self-care self-compassion my rituals so I have like a nighttime ritual you know I've told you this often but like every night without fail no matter how late it is I will read I'll go wash my face and I'll do my skincare I love and that is an absolute not beautiful I live for that (laughs) that sounds wonderful it is it's so nice to have this routine I can look forward to and like I get to read I get to do my you know, like little facial massage kind of a yeah, thing so nightly. Nice. I need mm-hmm. one of those. It puts you in a real mood to sleep for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's also like my time to be like mindful, especially when I'm doing like mm-hmm. my skincare. Like I can just like enjoy like what it feels like and the temperature of the water. If I'm hot, I'll use cold water. If I'm cold, I'll use yeah. hot water. You know, just kind of being mindful of those things. Um. And the last thing that I've been working on as a self-care, self-compassion tool is to just empower myself to exercise and eat well Mm -hmm. consistently and in a balanced way, in a way that truly feels like self-care and self-compassion rather than like rigid, unsustainable, you know, uh, rules. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So those are those are the ways that, you know, I've recently learned how to better advocate and like embody my self-care and self-compassion. And I'm sure as these become more and more comfortable and more consistent, like the nighttime yeah. routine one, I'm sure I'll add a couple other. Yeah, that's so good that you're recognizing what types of self-care you have and what you're doing for yourself. Yeah, that's very important. Mm-hmm. You should be proud of yourself. Oh, I'm definitely proud of little Anusha and me. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of her and you too. <laughs> so important to think that, like that and to like make sure that you're doing things for yourself because time mm-hmm. flies. Yeah. The last thing I want to do is look back and be like, wow, what did I do for myself during this time? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Or, or even like what did you do that's made you kind of a little angry or bitter or resentful? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, what is your story, Michelle? <laughs> okay, so 
you know, before I go into it, I really am really glad that you shared those definitions because I think it really adds. Okay. It'll add a little bit more to my story and my experience mm. that I'm going to share. And I think that was really helpful, especially the types of self-care and the definitions. So thank you for opening my eyes even more to this topic. It was very helpful. <laughs> yeah. um, so when I was – when we first decided this topic and we were I was looking at it and I was like, oh, this topic is so intriguing, right? Because like you mentioned earlier – that self-care and self-compassion is such a taboo in our culture, you know, and I, I agree with you too. It goes back to the people-pleasing ide- ideology mm-hmm. that put others before you no matter what, even if that means sacrificing your own well-being. And while I was thinking that, I was like, why is that? Like, why is that the case? Like, why why is that the case in our culture? Like, yeah. who taught our people to do this, right? And then I'm like thinking and <laughs> right. thinking – and I'm like, hmm, well, like what, like, you know, what has caused generations and generations of people to sacrifice their own well-being for others? And was it because it was always positively reinforced? Was it because of trauma, right? Survival tactics? Do you have any, like, have you ever thought about that? Or like, do you have any like mm-hmm. feeling or thoughts on that? Like, why do you think that's the case for us? Yeah. Well, I think it's um because we are such a collectivist culture, I think it's beyond just like positive reinforcement. I think it's almost rooted in the way that we have existed in the sense of like, these are the things, the values that have been passed down from generation to generation around, you know, just kind of the similar idea of like, hey, if your neighbor needs salt, give them salt. (laughs) You know, the idea yeah. of just be giving and caring. And if you take yes. care of other people, they'll take care of you. Yeah. So as you're right, like I think it's beyond the positive. Like I'm sure the positive reinforcement is like an added layer. But mm-hmm. I wonder if like that's what helped them survive immigration, survive, yeah. you know, like acculturation, like what we talked about in previous yeah. podcasts, like, you know, biculturism. And it's so like you're like like what you said, it's so deeply rooted and it's it just i just don't like the fact that we have to justify it which is what you mentioned too mm-hmm. yeah. and like you said we don't have to justify mm-hmm. it we don't need to but we can mm-hmm. but that feeling of that we have to and that we need to can sometimes still be there even if we don't mm-hmm. right yeah oh 100% <laughs> so i would say you know this is something that i'm like working very actively with mm-hmm. currently like this topic is still like I want to say tender for me you know I'm okay. I'm working I feel like I'm still undoing the people pleaser in me so mm. I'm recovering and because self-care and compassion's not are not a norm I feel like mm-hmm. I have to justify my need for it sometimes yeah so it's not even yeah. justifying others but it's mm-hmm. like why do I need it as well? Like I have to justify it for my need. To yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of have like two kind of personal experiences that I want to share. Mm-hmm. One is kind of like the external justification and then the one mm-hmm. that's more internal. So I'll start with the external justification of self-care. So when I first started therapy and I was spending time with my parents, sometimes like my sessions would you know, interfere with my time with them. And so I would share like, hey, I have a therapy session coming up. I need to go or, you know, I'm going to step out or do this real quick. Mm-hmm. And their immediate reaction when I told them that I was doing it was that, oh, like, why are you doing it? 
there's nothing wrong. We don't see any signs of mental health illness. Like you, mm-hmm. you're okay. Why are you doing it? You don't need to do it. Mm-hmm. And again, right? I'm just like I feel like therapy is another form of self care. I think from Absolutely. one of the categories that you listed, I would say it might fit in the emotional one, right? You're processing your emotions. You're processing your experiences and feelings. Yeah. Or intellectual so, or spiritual. Or intellectual. Honestly, any of them. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Therapy is for life, right? Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> you can count on me on endorsing therapy at any time. You know that about me. <laughs> well, as a therapist, yes, please do. <laughs> right? Right? No, it's really funny. I had this email that I have set up. I think I've told you this with like all mm-hmm. the questions I ask when I'm finding a therapist and I've forwarded that email at least 20 times. Yeah. So. I love that you have that. Yeah, I've actually that. started recommending that to clients who call me because Perfect. of yeah. <laughs> it gives you more confidence because no, but not everybody yeah. knows that you can. You have the independence and uh, to like yeah. have a free phone call and ask questions and interview your therapist before you choose. Exactly. Yeah. So PsychologyToday.com. If y'all need <laughs> help, let us know. <laughs> Go, Michelle. <laughs> um, yes. So in that moment, when my parents had that immediate reaction. Mm-hmm. I had to like, yeah. you know, take a step back and I was like, I wanted to use this opportunity to educate them and say that therapy isn't just reactive, it's also proactive. And mental health is not always external. It can be invisible and internal too. Mm-hmm. And they eventually like feel like still sometimes they question it and I have to like re-educate, but they eventually respect mm-hmm. now that's my choice for myself and this is what I need and they do support me in my decision to do therapy. Yeah. But – Again, right, like what we've talked about in previous episodes too, this idea of mental health and needing mental health services and justifying it is a whole nother ballgame, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a, I just think oh, it's important to acknowledge that. So moving on to like internal, it's so – I love that you brought up boundaries because that's exactly mm. what I wrote in my <laughs> content. Isn't that so yeah. funny? Like I talked I about boundaries. That. My next one is boundaries. Mm. And so – you know, boundary, like you said, is a form of, like it literally I have I have prepared like boundary is a form of self-care to me. So I, <laughs> I agree with you. Yay, same brainwaves. Yes, high five. <laughs> so boundaries, self-care. I mm-hmm. feel like that would be also in a lot of categories, right? What do you think? Like intellectual, yeah. emotional. Boundaries can be any of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think exactly. I guess it depends on the type of boundary you make that might put exactly. it in that category. Mm-hmm. Um so I would say I'm also like in not in the very beginning stage, but in the beginning stages of starting to set boundaries and, mm. you know, not feel too guilty about setting them. Yeah. But that guilt comes with the need for justification, right? And I think right. that guilt also comes from like mm-hmm. my recovering people please yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly thinking, like once I send once I set a boundary, I'm constantly thinking about the other person's reaction. Will they be upset? Will they treat me differently? Will they abandon me? Mm-hmm. Right? All those all those thoughts come in flooding. And in a way, I have to sometimes not only justify my self-care or others, right? Like I'm setting mm-hmm. those boundaries. This is my self-care. This is why I need this boundary. Mm-hmm. But also why is this boundary too important to me? And I'm mm-hmm. justifying it for myself. So one example, this is – not directly South Asian related, but it's like, you know, this stems, this fear of setting, like, you know, self-care and not fear, but I guess reluctance on doing self-care and feeling guilty when it comes to self-care comes from, you know, these Mm -hmm. ideals we've talked about in the the culture and the collectivist culture. But 
I'm going to show – I'm going to talk about how it plays out like in a different setting. So in my workplace, I work in a clinic. It runs through lunch. Patients are seen throughout the day with no break. And it's really hard sometimes to find time for yourself and be like, okay, I'm going to eat lunch at this time. Like there's no two days where I've eaten lunch at the same time. Like it's always wow. like varies. It's like whenever I find time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not alone. I work with a very wonderful and amazing team where everybody's so helpful. I love my team members. But one day I was getting ready to eat lunch and then I got a call to support a patient during a procedure. And the way clinic mm-hmm. works is like procedures happen there and then like there's no waiting. Like they're going to happen as soon as they call. So mm-hmm. my previous reactions would have been to like stop what I'm doing, drop what I'm doing, delay my mm-hmm. lunch and go to the patient without asking for help from my team members. Mm-hmm. That particular day, I decided to choose that I need to eat lunch. I was also very hung- hungry, on the verge yeah. of getting hangry maybe. <laughs> and I asked help from my team member. And she was – she like jumped in right away. She was very supportive. She's like, yes, yes, please eat lunch. Oh. I'll help you. But like immediately, like my <laughs> gut feeling was like, oh. What if she thinks I'm not a good team member or like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not be- – am I being helpful? Mm. Am I doing the same thing? Her? Yeah. Like, I'm doubting myself. Mm. And so I struggled with asking for help and now sometimes I'm okay with it. But the justification Yay. still plays a role. Like I, I'm starting to be okay with it but I'm still sometimes having to justify it. Like, okay, mm-hmm. like you said, I'm going to give myself permission to take this space, to take what I need and do what I mm. – do what is – is what my body, mind, and soul needs in that moment. Yeah, exactly. So take a second. I want to give you claps. Yay, go Michelle. Thank you. Thank you. It's not always perfect. That's amazing. Sometimes I'll delay lunch and I won't eat till like two. Well, you know, that's (laughs) the thing though, right? Like we can't be perfect, but progress over perfection. Progress (laughs) over perfection. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I and I know you. I know how hard that must have been for you to yes. actually be like, I can't do it. I got to put yes. myself first. Got to put my oxygen mask on. Yes. Can you help? I know that must have been so, so hard. It I'm was so hard. proud of you. And, you know, like I was raised not even like in the household, like my external family members too, like where it was yeah. people pleasing was positively reinforced. Like right. I was constantly praised for being helpful in the kitchen and delaying, you know, eating dinner with my family and making chai, right. you know, whatever, right? Like I'm just, yeah. like I was constantly praised. So then like because I got so much positive reinforcement and now I'm doing the opposite of that, which is mm-hmm. showing self-compassion and showing self-care yeah. is now I'm like, oh, is that praise going to go away completely? Or is that like mm. affirmation from others? Is that really the most important to me right now? Right? Like all those questions right. That's such come into point. mind. Mm-hmm. And, but it's so hard. Like you said, like it's so yeah. hard. Like that's why boundary setting isn't hard or is hard. Yeah. And it's not Absolutely. easy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such a good point though. You know, sometimes it can be hard too to put yourself first when – Maybe you enjoy – I mean, who wouldn't, right, getting, enjoy getting compliments? But maybe you really enjoy and find a lot of fulfillingness and, like, yeah, you know, just feel good when you receive that kind mm-hmm. of praise of, like, oh, you're such a good girl for, like, helping this person out or, you know, sacrificing this for this person. Yeah. kind of feels good. kind of feels like you're being a good person, right? But yeah. even if the praise goes away – doesn't take away from you being a good person. That's true. It just means that you're trying to take care of yourself. And why is that a bad thing that you want to take care of yourself? Like 
if this mm-hmm. was, you know, if, if you were talking to me and you were saying, hey, I want to put this person first, but I'm just so tired, blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't even hesitate. I'd be like, Michelle, no, take care of you first. Yeah. But it's so much, I know it's so much different when it's like us talking to ourselves, but it doesn't need to be. It really yeah. doesn't. Yeah. And it's so interesting, like in that lunch situation, if it was re- role reversal, like if my team member was trying to eat and I was mm-hmm. done eating or I'm not eating, I would jump in and be like, oh my gosh, you need exactly. to Exactly. Like I'm yeah. okay with that. I'm not questioning that, but I'm questioning the other way around, which is so, exactly. so interesting, right? Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. just give, yeah. give, give and give and give and yeah. keep giving. <laughs> <laughs> and then keep giving until there's nothing to give. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I mean, yeah. these are all cliche like analogies, like the oxygen mass and a half cup, like pour, like mm-hmm. fill your cup, you know, like yeah. all those things. But they're so mm-hmm. true, right? Yeah. Like if you want to serve others and you want to, you know, if the, the tea analogy, right? Like if you want to give other t- people some of your tea and serve others and give others your mm-hmm. time, well, you need to make sure your cup of tea is full first. Mm-hmm. Right, because yeah. then you won't be able to pour anything. There's nothing to give. Exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. It's such a and- wonderful way to visualize it too. I I've seen um on TikTok someone actually um showcasing this on video format oh. where they had like this full cup of water and it was like a full bottle of water and then they had a bunch yeah. of tiny little um mugs and the mugs were different things: friends, family, school, work, just like different buckets. Mm. And so yeah. they took the water. And they said, okay, I'm going to pour some in a family bucket, the friends, the school, that you're just kind of pouring it in all the little mugs. But then by the end of it, you have nothing. So what are you going to yeah. give? Right. Right? Right. There's nothing but at left. at the same time, if you fill your cup up all the way, then you have all that to give. Mm-hmm. If you are already at a 50%, you're going to run out. Mm-hmm. You're not even going to get to all your buckets, let alone exactly. yourself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's it's another cliche, way to look at it too. Yeah. And it's cliche, but it's also cliche for a reason. It's true. It is. It is true. It is true. Yeah. And, you know, ever since, you know, I've done therapy now, like since it's been like about a year, year and a half almost. And I feel like I've become more aware of the importance of self care and self compassion and the importance of not always over explaining or justifying mm. my need for it. I feel like that's a yeah. big one that co- coincides with the justification is yeah. like when you're justifying, you might be also over explaining why you need what you need. Um, mm-hmm. And that can also yeah. be like another, you know, trauma response maybe, right? Like, oh, oh yeah. because I'm not being a people pleaser right now, I need to make sure yeah. I explain myself because I don't want this to bite me or I don't want this person to admit, treat me differently or abandon me or whatever mm. those fears are. Mm. Um, so still working on those things. But yeah. progress over perfection, like you said. Progress and, over perfection. Yeah. you know, placing boundaries and having those different difficult conversations is a good start. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I really like that you, you know, talk about your vulnerability with like still struggling with it because it's so true. Like I sometimes forget to stop and recognize how far even like I've come in my journey of like, Mm -hmm. there are certain things now where I will unapologetically take my boundaries without even a second thought, but it took a lot of time, effort, 
and courage to get there. And I forget that being on the other side of this piece now of it was a struggle. I did feel, you know, we talked a lot about how like I had an overactive anger part because Mm -hmm. of all the, you know, not being able to have space for anger. And so that kind of played into it. You know, the trigger response, like you said, the trauma response of having to be questioned of like, why are you being lazy? I'm not being lazy. I'm taking, you know, just like Mm -hmm. immediately anger steps out and you have to like justify yourself, but that doesn't feel good. And yeah. And also, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't change a person's opinion if that's how they have thought for so long. They may or may not see your way, but they Mm. don't need to see your way. You can enforce your boundaries and do what you need to do, whether or not somebody understands it, whether or not somebody gets it. And I eventually learned to do that because I got tired of trying to explain why I needed to just lounge or why I wanted to read or why I wanted to, Mm. you know, say no to certain things. Because if they don't want to understand, they're not going to understand. You can try and explain their reactions or how they think. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to. You can still do it if it feels good to you. Yep. Their thoughts, and there are their reactions, their feelings are not your responsibility. Exactly. They're really not. And you can't change them. They're not your responsibility for them to understand or for them to accept mm-hmm. what you believe and what you want. And there are some things like even now <laughs> I'll struggle with. I have a hard time saying no to mom, especially mm-hmm. now that she's, you know, a bunch of miles away. I have a hard time yeah. saying no to her. But – she also knows I'm not going to get, you know, walked all over with the idea of being a good girl anymore. You know, she used to pull that yeah. on me all the time. She'd be like, <laughs> don't be sad. Be a good girl and smile. So I'm not sad. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, like wear this dress. That would make me so happy. I'm tired of seeing you in teddy bear shirts. That's what she called my oversized t-shirts all the time. <laughs> teddy bear shirts. I love that. But now if she were to say that, I'd be like, you know, we're not really doing anything. No, thanks, mom. And she might pout around, but I'd be like, I love you. Too bad. So sorry. <laughs> Unless Aww. we're going out. And then I'd be like, okay, mom, tell me what you want me to wear. You know? So yeah. it's not always easy. You do have guilt sometimes, especially in the beginning, as with anything that you're growing into that relates remotely to people pleasing. Yeah. You're going to have guilt. But like yeah. we talk about a lot, just because you feel the emotion doesn't mean you have anything to feel guilty for. Yes. It's just being patient with ourselves, providing self-compassion to ourselves like we would to, you know, like a coworker or a friend and recognize it's okay that they have the self-care for themselves. Yeah. Or they have care for themselves like we need self-care for us. Mm -hmm. It's okay to treat others or treat yourself the way you treat others. Absolutely. You don't have to treat yourself any less. Exactly. Even better, maybe. (laughs) You know, actually, that's how I started signing off some of my therapy sessions lately, especially for some of my clients who struggle with that. I literally sign off each session just reminding them that their homework is to treat themselves or talk to themselves like they would to their best friend. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. And it's always a good reminder because we are a little harder on ourselves yeah. until we learn to embody more self-compassion. Absolutely. Well, well, that wraps up all my experience and story. Yeah. This (laughs) is a good topic. Well, that wraps up our 10th podcast then too. Yes, yes. This is a good topic. I liked it. Did you like it? Me too. 
I love yes. this topic. I mean, I can talk about self-care and self-compassion all day long. <laughs> yes. Well, we're ready to wrap up this episode. Yeah. You got any last okay. words? Well, I just wanted to let our listeners and viewers know that if this topic resonated you with you all or if you wanted to share types of self-care or any self-compassion that you have experienced, we would love to hear from all of you. And you can reach us at at our email, which is TalkSouthAsianToMe at gmail.com or any of one of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. And you can reach us at our handle, which is at TalkSouthAsianToMe. We would love to hear from you. All right. I think that's it. (laughs) This was fun. See you all next time. Loving the podcast. Let's go. All right. Bye. Bye.